been a crazy week. Uh, lots of big news happening between Kobe Bryant and uh, eight other souls dying and a bunch of stuff going on with the impeachment. But, you know, I thought it'd be nice for us to all sort of come together and talk about what's going on with us. Lots of transitions are happening in the world. Let's start with uh, Andre. You're it. <laughs> I'm currently in a, a weird transition phase of my life. Oh, yes. So, yeah, it feels really weird. But So I have a question. What happens? Are you Are you moving out of your place? Um, basically, I have the place until July, um, so I still have to pay for it technically, but yeah, basically moving out of this apartment, unless something big happens and I have to re-sign the lease, um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's a weird, uh, bittersweet thing because in, in some ways, like, I'm ready to just be done with school forever, but I know that also means, like, that's also like the end of like me living here with Lindsay and Harley and the cats. Uh, so it's kind of sad. That's huge. Um, yeah. But thankfully, uh, one of our friends literally got engaged a couple of weeks ago. So there's like a built in reunion for all of us in 2021. Um, and I hope that because I'm taking time off, I'll be able to come up and visit often. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah. But what a strange moment. I remember yeah. leaving college. I never graduated from college, but I remember. I remember going forever. Um, <laughs> I remember leaving college and being like a normie. You know, I hadn't been in school. I'd been in school your your entire life, right? So you go. I went straight from high school into college. I went to my. I went to two colleges, and at the second one, I was just because I was working and going to school and working and going to school, and they're like, if you take these handful of credits. And they weren't offering them all within one semester. They were going to be spread out over another like year and a half. And I was like, fuck it. So I just dropped out. I was like, I have everything I need to go and get a mass comm, you know, job in 1986. And I, uh, I was already working in radio and that was the best job you could get. And I was so mad when I found that out. Um, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I've been working in radio since I was 15. Motherfucker. And so I just remember like driving all my shit back to my parents house but I had already got an apartment because I was a forward-thinking person I had an apartment in the next city but I was dropping off junk and having a yard sale in my mom's um dry, you know huge yard as opposed to this new neighborhood I was moving into and I remember fe feeling very weird just being just at work and then mm -hmm. going home and there was no homework yeah. there was no I kind of almost had like a nervous breakdown because I remember like there were no boundaries, you know, and mm -hmm. then I, I would go out and like try to wild out and like drink. And then like, like it, it looked down to be like nine 30. I was like, Oh shit. Fuck. I've only been here an hour and a half. I need to go home. Like I was just so <laughs> institutionalized by school. Uh huh. But I remember it took a long time to transition into a, an adult who didn't go to school situation. Yeah, and I'm I'm most curious to see how me not having to worry about school affects like my output as uh just a, a writer in general and whether or not it helps it or hurts it. Um I'm interested to see which one happens. Hopefully there's there's a benefit to not having school hanging over my head the entire time. Um but there will also be other things hanging over my head, so We'll see how that goes, and that's that's the one thing I'm I'm a bit trepidatious about. But in many ways, I'm just like I'm ready to just 
put the book down and Be put dead. it away and never see it again. <laughs> we had a friend who um, was on the podcast early on. It was talking about getting an MFA at UCLA. And she said the one thing it does for screenwriters is that you have to turn in a body of work for your time. I mean, you're dropping a lot of money to get that MFA, but it, it grows mm-hmm. your discipline. I think for me, it was being in radio as a young person and having given a lot of responsibility to sign on the radio station. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work unless you sign it on. Oh, shit. I was just flipping some switches, but it was a huge responsibility to be there at a certain time, you know. Sure. There's all these rules and regulations. And then the discipline was also built in from having to turn, like you had the sales team would go out and sell like spots and you would have to write that spot and it'd have to be on the air. So I, at timing, timed things has been part of my DNA. But when I started writing for myself, specifically the book, I was like, oh shit, like no one's waiting for this on the other side. No one's there to catch it. No one's going to be in, oh, you have those pages ready or anything like that. Because I yeah. still, and I have clients, uh, you know, all the, I still write for other people on the side. I'm not flush. I don't have a bestseller in the can yet. Yay. But I'm so good with de- deadlines. Like if you need it done on a certain day, I can get it done. But when it comes to my own personal writing with this book, I, and then I had like a, a, a crash and burn, I want to say, well, Ian can maybe help me reframe this. But two days ago, I, I came to a conclusion that a lot of the story needed to be streamlined. That as I was getting back into it after sort of taking a period off, I was like, so the discipline I'm talking about fails me. I thought, well, I'll write a little bit every day until I get it done. And I'm finding out in this particular project that's writing this book, you can't do that. Not for me. Yeah. I don't know what anybody else does. But I had to sit down and write for huge chunks at a time to keep the flowing going because when I went back in and looked at all the little things that I did over the course of days, I'm like, this is meandering like a motherfucker. And then my reader mm. is going to be sitting here going, why did we go take this off ramp and go over here? And I sat down in front of Ian and just streamlined it out with him. Like I had to talk to because he's been with me on the journey from the very beginning and then yesterday afternoon and a little bit the day before, I kind of had an internal, I swallowed it, but I had a panic attack, like a full-blown panic attack of, oh, my God, I'm starting this from scratch. And that's true, but I'm also streamlining the shit out of it and going to make it a hell of a lot more interesting and hopefully better. Like, you suck until you you don't. Sure. But, man... The the ram the parameters I had set up for myself for writing every day it works if you're doing a screenplay because you're doing beats and you're doing scenes and you're connecting mm-hmm. boxcars. I'm finding that book writing doesn't work that way. If you don't get the flow throughout all of the chapters to do all of these things, it, it's in it's the way I'm writing this story is first person, man. So I'm kind of having in the moment as we speak as we're doing this podcast, I'm having sort of a existential crisis and i'm kind of low level breaking out in hives well i think the the one thing that i i learned as as a writer is that when we start out doing stuff like this it's like our our we logically think of it as like we're building blocks on top of each other until we get to the top and then it's finished um and the one thing i learned that it's not necessarily true it's it's more like you get to the top and then you go back down to the bottom and then you move the blocks around, you get to the top again, and then you do the same thing over and over again. 
until it, it gets to a point where you're like, oh, I like these blocks. <laughs> like, I can get to the, like, that's that's what happened with Dorian. I'm completely with you. Like, I, I'm currently taking some time off from that because I need to focus on my recital. But it also got to a point where I was just like, I was writing stuff and I was like, this, is, this isn't any good. Maybe I need to take some time away from it. And I did that. Um, during the summer too, like there was a sob April and May, I didn't touch the musical at all. And then after that, the rest of it came to, you know, the workshop and everything. But that was like, I get to the end of the, the show and I'm like, okay, now I go back and now I, I fill stuff in. I move things around and make things better. And that's going to happen a couple more times before it gets to the eventual place that it needs to be. So I think it's, it's worth like remembering that. I mean, even if you do start from scratch, you're not necessarily starting from scratch because you do have some foundation to work off of. The story's just, there. Yeah, the story is there. Well, I was just, I, I love how you said about the blocks because the blocks that I w was looking at, I was like, I don't like these blocks. I don't want these blocks. These, why are you telling me this? This is boring. Okay, this is backstory. This is backstory. Um, this is backstory. And this is backstory. I can say this in a sentence. I don't need like four chapters on this piece of this you know what's how am I going to entertain my audience I'm always thinking about that if I'm reading this how am I entertaining you I'm thinking about you in the general sense and sometimes I think of individuals like how am I going to bore I'm going to bore the tits off of somebody because I'm boring myself and I, I'm like I have to do it if I'm going to do this story this one particular story I've laid out I've I've got to go in and streamline this and I've got to get to the point faster and I'm and I'm not trying to this is not my writing. I don't, I don't write like this. I don't like the toe-headed boy and the shining moonlight. I don't do any of that. I can't. I don't really right. like reading that stuff. So it's not like I've spent a lot of time writing a bunch of flowery stuff. It's more like I'm giving you motivation that I could just impart in a more nuanced way in a lot of cases. But sure. I also don't like reading books and going, what are you trying to say? Is this person, you know, if they're left-handed, say they're fucking left-handed. If they're, you know, and the, and the murder weapon was laying over here. If you're, is the person really this or really that? Just be crystal yeah. clear. But I think what happens with me is I'm, I might be over-explaining some things. And I'm also giving, I'm um, forecasting the shit out of a couple of um, things. And I'm like, people are smart. You don't have to yeah. forecast. What are you doing? And I did I did it without even knowing I was forecasting. So, and then I wrote myself into some corners. I was noticing, because the top of the book, I thought, top of the book is solid. Haven't been mm -hmm. here in a long time. I'm going to go in there, and I'm just going to start on page, you know, 92, and I'm good. No. I was staring at, like, the cursor blinking near, pa you know, page four two days ago and I was like I just felt the elevator of my soul just go all the way to the lobby <laughs> and I was like yeah oh fuck but you're right the story is there and then I I just have to I have to say Ian has put up with so much over these years he's just I have to look at him and go I shouldn't have been in this book should I and he always goes no you don't need to abandon this book but I don't know. It's hard. Is it hard living with somebody who has this much self-doubt about what they're working on? No, it's this. It's the creative process. It's just the creative process. I mean, it's it's the hard work, you know. And then just going back to like what we were talking to earlier, Kobe even said it's like the best part was the hard work. Yeah. It wasn't the game. It wasn't the championships. It was going up, getting up at four o'clock in the morning, and being in the gym by yourself. That's that goes with all of us. I mean, even with my career, 
you know, I, it's, I'm not going to be anything unless I put in hard work. I can't mm-hmm. just be like, I like these clients or complain that I don't like these clients or I want new clients. It's like, Ian, shut the fuck up, bust your ass and do what you're not comfortable doing. And to me, in my, I got to figure out what that is. Is it networking? Is it what? It's different for everybody, you know? Um, but this is, I mean, I see, I, from afar, I see that, like, that you're going through this. And it's tough because I can't do anything about it. I can't fix it. I don't know what to say. I, don't, I can't create story. But I, I'm excited for you because you are in this, like, special space of creating something. And I believe in you that you can do this. You've set your heart to it. And it's just, this is like the incubator. This is the cocoon stage where you're doing all the hard work. And then it, it, it appears. And then you go on and you do something different. You do something else. You do something new. But I, I think you have, the, you have the talent. You know? You have it. Yeah, I think, the best of, I think even the best of the best have, have some degree of self-doubt. Wow. Um, Thank you so much, by the way. And I le- I learned pretty early on for writing in general. I'm I'm totally with you. I'm always worried about what is the audience supposed to. What do I want them to think versus how they're actually going to think? Am I entertaining them? And it got to the point where it was like, my composition professor kept saying, "You need to be aware that audiences are dumb," <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." Um, but then I I thought more about that, and I'm just like. It's perfectly okay if they don't get and understand everything the first time. Because I think about how I consume things. And the reason I rewatch things is because I miss things. And the more rewatches or rereads that I do of things, the more things I can get out of it. Especially listening to something like a musical, which is always chock full of different information that you're never going to get the first time around. And, and even in some cases with audiences, even if you do give them everything on a silver platter, there's always going to be that one Jim Bob that doesn't understand it. And, and that and you can't help that. I, I want to say, though, I don't agree that you should write or create anything with, with the idea that the audience is dumb. That's an insulting way to approach it. I know, which I is why I was surprised when I was yeah. when I was told that. Don't don't take that's bullshit advice. It's just wrong. I no, I'm 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 more like I want to give my audience the best of this story and I I'm going in the opposite. I think people are inherently intelligent and intuitive yeah. and I'm trying to appeal to their sense of story. Everybody has it in them. Doesn't matter if you have a GED or a PhD. Or none of those things. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Your composition professor on this particular point is a jabroni. Because <laughs> I think that's what this is. I, I'm first. My first instinct was, okay, I told everybody I started writing a book in 2016. Jesus Christ, it's 2020. And I have this dumb, stupid battle going on in my head. Of people's expectation. God, Lisa started that book. She's probably never going to write it. What the fuck? What do I care about that, right? Ultimately, I'm a person Mm -hmm. who doesn't give a shit about these kinds of opinions. I don't know why it distracts me. And then the second thing is, and what won was, don't you want to tell this first story or any story that you're writing in the best 
way possible. I did it in scene work when I was writing screenplays, when I wrote plays, when I wrote short stories, when I write copy for my client. I'll sit here and go, oh, I can make this better. I can write that better. Let me do another pass at that. Let me start from scratch. Never freaks me out. And really, this book is designed to be the same length as Catcher in the Rye, which is, I don't know, 296 pages or whatever it ends up being in whatever book you have. It's all cut mm-hmm. differently. But around, like, let's just call it 300 pages. I, I've sat down and written screenplays in, like, a weekend, and they're, what, 140, 150, 120 pages long, depending on, you know, on what you're doing. Well, cast away, that's 14 pages. But, you know, I'm, like, just... You know, I'm, I'm used to sitting down and like writing things, and I think I've gotten in my own way to the degree that I, I had to. When we heard this yesterday, and when Ian says it to me often, like this is part of it, I have to enjoy even the journey of failure because I am learning yeah. so much about my own discipline. It's like I'm learning that I can't Stephen King it and sit there and do seven pages a day. In this particular case, where I'm almost. I was overriding it, and now I'm not. I, I I meandered through it. Now it's like just cut to the fucking chase. I can't do seven pages. I feel like I need to sit down and stop page counting, and maybe it's 30, maybe it's 50 in a day to get to a place. And then I have to fight my own um, distraction. I'll be doing really, really good, and then I'll pick up my phone. I don't know what I do. I'm sabotaging myself. I'm fighting with myself in so many ways that I've never had to fight before that beginner writers talk about. Like when mm-hmm. I had to do something for a client or when I've had to do things on deadline, everything falls by the wayside. I don't even eat. It gets dark. I have to look over and turn a light on and I've got the project done and I'm done. With this book, I'm fighting some some supernatural forces within myself and I feel like that's part of the journey too. It's very totally. trippy. It's t- completely trippy. And so. it's all, it's individual. I mean, like, your journey is different than all yeah. of our journey. And yeah. then your journey with other people within what you do is different. Andre's journey in, in where he wants to go is going to be completely different than this, another person trying to do the same thing. The same with me. It's like, as, as what I want to do is completely different. And the journey I've decided to take is... You know, and I've con- and we've talked mm-hmm. about it. I've consciously said I'm not going to do this, even though I see all these other people doing the same, doing this. You like, don't want to be part of the hashtag. Like, I don't want to sound be mixer problems. Yeah, you know, Andre doesn't want to be <laughs> part of the, the dream. You know, Andre like, doesn't want to be a part of the comp- composer problems. Yeah, <laughs> Lisa, writing. I'll just say problems. it right now. If I if I ever post a picture with the hashtag office for the day shoot me on site oh i'm gonna tell you that's when you know i've lost it girl Um, i will find other (laughs) ways to like mess with you but you know i'm gonna size out well that's (laughs) what that's when you like you know that's when it becomes really funny it's like when you put that up there it's like those of you oh those are the people who know you and will be like oh my god he is cracking the biggest (laughs) joke right now (laughs) (laughs) and there's only a handful of people are like Oh, because it's either it's only like acceptable when it's used ironically. Yeah. Yes. Of yeah. <laughs> and that's the only well, way to use it. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. Well, and going back to what you said about like the MFA in, in writing, I can tell you as 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 having a major that coincides with what I want to do. I'm glad I'm graduating soon because it's it's slowly gotten to a point where like some things that I write are written because they're assignments and not because I want to write them. Yes. The show 
the musical was a perfect mix of both where it was assignment, but it was also something that I wanted to do. And, and it's a great like in between. And like, once I graduate, it'll just, it won't be an assignment anymore. It'll be, you know what I'm going to do, but it's, it's really gotten to a point where I'm just churning shit out and I can totally do that, but I don't feel like my heart's in it. And when I get comments back from it, I'm just like, I don't want to keep working on this. I'm right. I'm ready to just put, put the period at the end of the sentence and move on to the next thing. Cause I don't feel anything for what I just made. Right. Which is, which is a dangerous place to be in as a, as a creator. But if it's an assignment or it's a commission or if it's a project that you're getting paid to do, that's the reality of it. Um, and you, ha- and hopefully you can find some semblance of, yourself in in something that you've been assigned to do but i know me specifically i've gotten to the point where i'm I'm doing things because they're assignments and not because i want to do it and that's that's the discipline though that's the discipline of it because like i was just gonna say we we just got some um some requirements from a client and i've got to read through all the audio requirements and i'm like Oh, it's essentially, it's the same thing. They're giving you a prompt. You, you have a, a, a subject and you've got to write your essay according to this prompt and, and touch these certain these certain things. So that discipline part, I think, is very important. And, and that's and you for know, money, too. It's like, but you, yeah. you like, you're, okay, this will pay my rent. It's not my favorite thing. I mean, I, I don't do things that I am morally against. Like, I won't, you know take on certain copy and I have over the years told people no I'm not going to write your Yelp reviews <laughs> fuck you dude it's also against the law but like nah but then there's just times you're like this is not my cup of tea I'm really not into this but you know I gotta do my thing but then there's just times where I don't I think this might be also just my age I've said yes so many times I've I've had to say yes for for rent money for so long that by I've gotten to this point in my life I'm like I just it's just not worth it. And people are always thrown off by that motivation. They're like, yeah, but I'm going to be paying you a lot of money. Yeah, I, mean, I still want to do it. You know? And it's not that I'm rolling in dough. I just can't make myself anymore. But for the many years, I had to say yes to stuff where I'm like, oh, fuck, really? Yeah. You know, when I did voiceover work, um, I think I've mentioned to this before on the podcast where I would do, like during political season in Alabama, people run these really funny well, he was seen outside wearing a hat on a Sunday or whatever the crime is. <laughs> uh, the crimes yeah. are, you know, she was wearing a dress above the knee on Labor Day and it was planned. It was just, you know, crazy shit. So I would like do a political ad for some dude, you know, and then I would go across the street to another booth for cash. We were paying like crazy money for these things. And I would do the opposition's ad with like a different kind of tone and like try to disguise my voice. And then these two campaigns, you know, contacted the guy who was booking me and said, I think this person's taking work for both sides. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, I felt a little cleaner about it because I was doing both <laughs> political campaigns. So I was just like, hey, what do you want me to do? Hey, I don't even live in this district. It's cool. So... <laughs> But I think for this, because maybe we might even answer, I think, what is getting in my way so much is because I'm putting a lot of intent on it and a lot of importance on it. First book, first book, first book. When Mm -hmm. I know from reading about authors, a lot of stuff that's not true about writing books, like a lot of the shit that you read, it's just a dude trying to sell a book. I'm teaching you how to write a book. Don't believe him or her. Um, Is that the first book often, unless it's, you know, the catcher in the rye the first book often in a lot of people's lives gets overlooked if the second book is good 
<laughs> so this yeah. may be that one. Someone like, you know, this is a trilogy, but the first, the first book was ugh. the second book. You know, I really liked it. it really good. So it could be that, or maybe I don't have to think about any of that at all and stop putting maybe so much pressure on it, because I have put so much pressure on it that ironically now I've made the process I think five times longer than it needed to have been. You know? Sure, and like you and like you said, your your time is precious. So there's there's also that. I totally get that. I'm wasting my time now. In other news, I blew out the inseam of my yoga pants. Okay. So I don't my know condolences. what. I don't know what the secrets. Condolences to those poor yoga pants. They were trying like a good little soldier. <laughs> Here, I don't, know what the, I don't know what the secret is. I'm trying some fasting right now. Um, I'm trying to get off a few LBs. And, and I don't know what the magic, I don't know, am I supposed to be drinking unicorn blood? I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not doing anything drastic. I'm just doing a little fasting, and I'm really trying my best to watch what I eat. I, I don't eat great, but I don't eat, like, terrible. And I, I had, I found in the bottom of my drawer, I, I had a tag on a pair of yoga pants. And I looked at the size, and I'm like, you know, I'm a little bit bigger than that, but they're yoga pants. They can take it. Nope. <laughs> These poor <laughs> yoga pants. We were getting in the truck to go run some errands, and I felt it give all the way down my inseam. Like, if I didn't have a long top on, girl, my whole thigh <laughs> was out in the wind. It was, like, chilly outside, too. You know, chilly for California. <laughs> it was, like, 70 degrees outside. And I was just like, oh, I feel the wind in my crotchal area. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the way up, I ripped my inseam. So, <laughs> I, I know y'all oh, don't no. want to hear that or care, and you know, please uh, respect my privacy at this time, kind of situation. But does anybody really know? Are are some of us just destined to be a circle with feet? You know, are you just... A garbage truck serial killer? Seriously, am I just going to be this pinto bean? Is this just it? Like, I was skinny for the first part of my life and, well, skinny enough. And, and I had all those years of just running through high cotton and just having a good old time. And then just from here on out, it's just, that's my lot in life. Does anybody know the answers to the universe? And it's not that I'm hating on myself. I would just like to, I'd like some cuter clothes. They don't make Hobbiton fashion. <laughs> <laughs> you know that looks cute so I don't know I'm just I'm I'm really casting about for true real answers to this problem <laughs> so conversation went completely dead just killed the conversation <laughs> that's been can, the uh, podcast I have a solution. the last one I we're doing a, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a solution okay Get cast in a Marvel movie, <laughs> and they'll make you wake up at four thirty a.m. and go to the gym every day, <laughs> and then you get paid for being in a Marvel movie. And then you're Kamal and Johnny, and you're like, you're yeah. cut. Or just get the just get a job working on any department, and you're gonna have to get up at four thirty in the morning. <laughs> the crew diet. Yeah. Oh, but you don't want a job in the office on one of those things because I think you get you get fatter because you're just stuck in a box. No, it has to be a role. <laughs> it has to be a role. Andre's no, no, it's a an Avengers character. You have to be able to fit into the uh, 
the rubberized suit. Exactly. The spandex. The spandex. I got gotcha. Or the, the, the motion capture spandex, more likely. There has to be a secret. I mean, I've actually gotten, I mean, I have a couple of insider friends who tell me, like, people, they take appetite suppressants the, the modern way. But I don't understand what it is. I just think it's just not fair. I'm just, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to be good to everybody. And then my yoga pants are just like, nope. Just nada. I don't know. Anybody else want to share any else, anything else personal? It's like a really strange uh, church that we're in, and we all just get up to share. It's like the <laughs> Quakers. There's no pastor. People just get up and just just testify. <laughs> and then there's that one person who testifies, and everybody's just like feeling awkward. And like, want, <laughs> nobody, like, you can't even get an amen out of the crowd because they're just so like, okay. <laughs> All right. So we're going to oh, launch like, a new oh, great. podcast. Gary's going to get up Ashland now. Ashland Confessional. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be our new segment, Ashland oh. Confessional. We're going to switch over to the recommendation uh, recommendation part of the podcast because I'm feeling awkward. Um, been watching 68 <laughs> Whiskey on Paramount. I finally uh, checked it out. It's like it's if you, if you came up with MASH, if you're old enough to remember MASH, um, I think it's quite cute. I like the storylines. It's kind of whimsical. It's not too heavy, um, which is strange to say about a series that's set in, you know, Afghanistan. But you should give it a try. If you have regular cable, you could get it. I don't know what happens if you don't have regular cable. I think it's like the pop TV of white man uh, <laughs> networks. So I don't know how you find Paramount TV. Um, but good luck. And God bless. Maybe that's on your <laughs> YouTube TV that you can get for $80 a month or whatever the hell it was, $40 a month. And then my second recommendation is Project Restoration. This was a show that was made in 2016, and it's one of those British uh, re renovation shows um, that, that, that there's many out there of. And I'm endlessly fascinated with them, like British crime dramas. But this one struck me because they take the whole season to restore these several structures or I think that's what's happening so far. I'm on episode three of project restoration and there's always some like mostly white people with all this disposable income and they go buy castles in Wales and then they have to get a guy to come in and cut the stones the oldie fashion way. And this mm -hmm. one couple has, they rethatched their roof. They returned it to the, the particular read of the region to be authentic and then one poor guy is taking his separate kitchen he's got like he's got like nine thousand kids and him and his poor tired tired wife are building they're restoring this freestanding building that's attached to their uh, not attached to their house so and then they're going to attach it to the house so they can all just sit down with all of their many children and just have dinner in peace. That's the end of the goal, right? So the old people, their kids are out of the house. They can go and fuck about and rebuild the castle so their grandkids can play in it. Great. And then there's the, you know, the rethatching couple because they want to sit around and say, mwah, mwah, mwah. it's a conversation piece. But there's this poor dude who just wants to be able to sit with his nine children and not have them, you know, up his butt while he's just having to have his toast and his tea. And Marianne Sir, who's one of the hosts on the show, is a historical buildings expert. And she's all on this dude's dick about how he's not, 
doing everything to the letter of the restoration of this building. And it's just an it's just an outbuilding. It was just an it was just a kitchen in its ye olde times back in the seventeen hundreds, right? And he drug a huge oak that I don't know if it was spelled for this purpose, but he got oak and he's on a limited budget. This guy again has millions of kids. He's a woodworker. He's not rolling in it. He's not the old couple with the, you know, whatever money they did. I don't know if they did crimes in the 80s or how they got their money or they were just white and came from a dynasty. But, like, this dude is just trying to put his kitchen together. And this Marianne Sir is just all over him about taking some shortcuts so he can get this done, so he can get on with his life and get off this fucking TV show. And I found out, I, I found my blood pressure rising because I wanted to <laughs> smack this bitch because I want to go... <laughs> You're a single woman who's a TV host. Can you not get off of this dude's ass? You're not having to fell the tree. This guy literally is doing some of the work himself. He's doing a lot of the work himself. Like he's a woodworker and he's honing the trees and he's burnishing instead of painting. He's he's using fire to turn the wood a certain color and he's doing a bunch of shit. They went through this whole process of removing all the old paint on the remaining rafters to expose it so you could see the original hundreds-year-old wood. And then he used the panel part of the structure. <laughs> this is taking forever to tell you guys. <laughs> it's just this pop-in kind of almost like styrofoam, and then he's going to paint over it and give it the finish. And she's like, I don't know about that. I'm not very happy with that. And I'm like, do they ever on these shows just like punch people? Because this show would be so much more better if he would just drop her ass just right there. <laughs> I don't know. You guys have to watch. This would be a really lively discussion if you would watch this <laughs> same show I watch. I think about that often when I'm doing this podcast. You guys would so be on my side if you took the time to watch this fucking show. <laughs> and nobody watches. <sighs> I back you 100%. (laughs) (laughs) I support you in everything. Oh, it just got even more awkward. (laughs) Okay. Any recommendations from you guys? Anything else that uh, you want us to take in or watch or see? I do want to plug something really quick. Um, I was a guest on another podcast. I know. Shocking. I'm not cheating on you guys. Oh, you are. You Um, are, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not um, a guest. I was, you're not a guest on this one. You're, yeah, you're one of the homies. So, yeah, fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I was on a, a, a guest for this podcast called uh, Queer Mountaineers Podcast, um, which is a podcast run by a student that goes here, um, and she's sort of she's also a videographer, and she helped me um, film some of the Dorian rehearsals for our little documentary that we made, um, and she got in contact. She's like. Um, hey, you're queer. I'm like, yeah. Uh, yes. She's like, do you want to come on the show and talk about things? Um, like specifically Dorian and like maybe something else as well. I'm like, sure. So so we talk we talk mostly about Dorian, but we talked a little bit about um, the Oscar nominations because we happened to be filming uh, like two days after those came out. So she was like, do you want to talk about this? Like I think it could be a great dovetail into like talking about representation and everything. I'm like, yes, I'm here for that. Um, and it was, it was a, so it was a great conversation. Um, it's going to co- go up on February 7th. Okay. Um, and the title is again, Queer Mountaineers. 
Um, I will be retweeting and, and sharing the, the episode if you wanted to find it. Um, and it and should just you be could... your name, right? Because I look at the episode names. They're just like Billy Wolf and Nico Hartley was on there, Alex Miller, and then Delia yeah. Danielle Walker. So you're, it's just going to be Andrew, uh, Andre, Andrew, Andre Magalhaes. <laughs> I know you so well after being on the podcast with you I... so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll probably just be my name. Um, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get it on the Google. I think it's Google Play. Google Play Music, Google Play Podcast, whatever they do over there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's exciting. So that's awesome. Congratulations. That'll be I'll look we'll listen to it for sure. Thank you. And then you'll just go hashtag podcast life. No. <laughs> <laughs> we should all just start doing this corny shit. Um Yeah, that that sounds really cool. Any recommendations, Ian? Anything that you're into that people should try? I've been working like crazy. I haven't, I really haven't been watching much. And like the stuff that we watch, I'm not really paying attention. You got a new orca much. bag yesterday. I'm excited for you over that. Yeah. You got a brace and a new orca bag. Yeah. They got the orca bag for free. Yeah. To put your mixer in. It's it, it's, you know, it's interesting. I I would have never purchased that. It's not a purchase I would have ever spent money on. Probably nobody else would either. That's why they gave it to you for exactly. free. Exactly. I can't find the price. <laughs> if it's raining though and there's weather, I can see those bags coming in handy in other like areas or regions, but out here maybe not so much. If it's a tra- it just it's just for transport. They have if it's raining, they have a poncho. Well, that's true. But what if you're out in the desert and you're driving through and you don't want to get sand in your rig? Yeah. It's great for transport. Like I said, I could fit the thing in. I didn't know it was a mixer bag. I thought it was just a duffel bag. <laughs> so I put other stuff in it, and then I found out it's a mixer bag. And you how get to a use body it. in there. If you ever have like a, an AD who's pissing you off, just like show him the bag. and You can fit in here, buddy. It's not that big. I don't know. We watch the Americans. We know how to fold a body into a suitcase. Yeah. Just saying. Cool. <laughs> cool tip yeah awesome okay. that'll uh, be on the next podcast we'll talk about that <laughs> we're just gonna go into like which limb to start with first depending on size and your timing because yep. everybody knows when you're yep. trying to hide a body time is of the essence and how not yep. to leave fingerprints behind yep look out so, for the twitter thread yep. yes well, that's gonna be we're gonna be all on that uh you guys take care of yourself we're gonna be back uh again a week a week after next you will see us again hear from us again if you guys have any suggestions on how to like not blow out the inseam of your yoga pants i would really like to hear from what uh, what you're doing <laughs> uh don't start with keto and end with keto i'm not doing keto um i will die of a heart attack cholesterol is already a problem so you know if you guys have any suggestions outside of keto I'm ready to listen. Uh, you guys take care of yourself, like I said, and get plenty of sleep. I'm getting a CPAP machine. I'm going to let you know how that wor- works out. It's all about me on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Do and I need to talk about more of my medical history? <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> maybe just to shut me up, or, or maybe I should just stop altogether. I mean, uh, I got I got a flu shot yesterday. Yay. Everyone should go get a flu shot if they have get it. Get a flu shot. Uh, yeah, stop being racist about the coronavirus. And uh, yeah, we will see you <laughs> next time. <laughs> Just remember, we love you. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>